Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good day, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia, and we are the Thought Hackers. With us today is a fellow by the name of Tim Pahuta. Tim grew up on a small rural farm in central New Jersey called White House Station. He was the second oldest of five children and his father's first son. Baseball was a passion of his father and later of Tim as well. It became so important that Tim became a professional baseball player after graduating from Seton Hall University in 2005. He played nine years of minor league baseball, eight with the Washington Nationals, and ended his career and lifelong dream of playing baseball in the major leagues. That's when life in the real world began. Tim, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Uh, Nathan, Nathan and Hamish both, uh, thank you guys very much for having me. Uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing at Thought Hackers, and, uh, and I'm honored to be a guest. That's good to have you. So you said so when this ended, life in the real wor world began. So what does that mean exactly? Yeah, I guess it's funny. I, <clears throat> I'm not sure if most, if uh, a lot of baseball players feel this way, but I, I almost there was a certain point in my career where I was almost avoiding the real world. Uh, I guess getting a job um, outside of baseball that that I would consider something being passionate about. Right. So you said you were avoiding it. <laughs> what, what were you doing to avoid it? Just not looking, or just <laughs> maybe playing for as long as I possibly could. Uh, right. I think realistically, uh, my career lasted for nine years, and potentially it could have realistically been over before then. And maybe the real world would have been a more practical option, but it definitely wasn't an option that I was picking at the time. So what what forced you to finally look at it? Yeah, I think I, I just reached a point. I think any athlete that hasn't, made it to their, you know, their main goal reaches a point where they just decide it's not going to happen and, um, they have to move on. And that's, uh, it's, it's a really hard thing to come to terms with when you've dedicated basically your entire, definitely your entire adult life and the majority of your childhood to something like being a professional athlete, being a major league baseball player. Right. So when you came to that realization, like, what happened? Was, uh, did you have a crash, if you will, or, or what, what happened? You know, it, it actually didn't hit me all at once. So I don't know that I would consider it like a crash. Mm -hmm. It was more like a slow, slow spiral down a dark hole. <laughs> And I think that's relatively common for uh, athletes kind of you I don't want to speak for all athletes but I can say for myself when I was leaving baseball and kind of felt like I was losing game I I was also feeling a large sense of loss of identity. So uh I was 30 years old having what essentially felt like a midlife crisis of not knowing who I am without a game. And it essentially just amounts to a game. And I'm watching the World Series now, uh, and it's just 
it's hard to watch, honestly, because it's just a game. But at the same time, it was so much more than a game for so long for me. Right. So when you, okay, so you fell in or started to go into this hole, you realized, I'm sure at some point that you were in trouble. And what did you do to get out of it? Or, or did you, st- like, how, how long did you stay there? Well, uh, you know, I don't, I was actually kind of kicked in the pants into realizing what hole I was in. Um, physically I had kind of lost all, uh, really hope of taking care of myself. I had just kind of deteriorated. I was still continuing to eat kind of a really poor diet and I was commuting for work 50 miles each way. And I wasn't exercising because, uh, the job that I had taken after, um, I had left baseball was, you know, demanding on my time as any job, as any career would be. And, uh, I didn't know how to manage it and I wasn't happy with myself. And this was just like kind of a gradual thing. And then, my company had a position open up on the West coast and I was living in New Jersey at the time. I was back at my parents' house, um, finally making a decent wage in my life. I had never made any, any money playing professional baseball. And, um, I decided to transfer to California. Uh, I mean, we were looking to hire a person on the West coast. I spoke with the president of the company and I essentially volunteered for the position as long as we could agree to make it make financial sense. And, uh, we did. And I transferred out to LA the Monday after Thanksgiving, three years ago now, 2014, it was the year after I retired from baseball. And, uh, I had decided at that point that I was going to start over and I was going to, uh, manufacture my schedule a little bit differently so that I could exercise a little bit more and not feel like I was commuting, which is a challenging thing to do in Los Angeles, but I was also working from home. So I was able to schedule my appointments kind of at will. Uh, so I made it work and, uh, I was physically getting in better shape, although mentally I was in terrible condition still. I was, uh, essentially had lost pride in myself and who I was as a person. And, um, I was in a very, uh, dark place. And I essentially hated who I had become. I hated that I had dedicated my time to something uh, like baseball for so long and it it didn't work out the way I had envisioned it in my head. And I I was just miserable and I was done. And I decided in Los Angeles two years ago that I had had enough and I was gonna kill myself. And I was, I had a plan to go out to Malibu and drive off the first cliff I saw, I didn't care. I was tired of chasing money and living in this kind of rat race world. And I didn't feel like I was contributing. And I, like I said, I had lost all that pride in myself and my self-esteem was trash. And, uh, so how did you, how did you turn it around? Yeah. Well, I think like a lot of people, it took death itself smacking me in the face to, to realize that I needed to make a perspective change. And, uh, uh, like I said, I was getting back in physical shape. I was playing a ton of tennis and I tore my meniscus playing tennis in my knee and I went in for surgery. And part of that procedure was I had to get cleared for anesthesia ahead of time, just a regular physical. And, um, 
I found an issue with my heart and I had an extremely low heart rate and they were nervous that if I went under anesthesia, then my heart could potentially stop. So I had, so it was essentially go see a cardiologist to get cleared for surgery. And at that point I wasn't really panicked. Um, they made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. So I went and saw a cardiologist. She had some tests that she wanted to do and, you know, an EKG at her office. And then I wore, um, um, a heart monitor, like a halter for 24 hours for her to get a full picture of what my heart was doing. Uh, at the end of those results, she sent me to her mentor because she wasn't really clear on what was going on with my heart because I had extremely low heart rates, but I also had extremely high heart rates. At that point, um, I had gone to another doctor and then he had sent me for another additional level of tests. And then I was sent back to her for more tests. And that's a long story, but all in all that, that period of thinking that something was wrong with my heart lasted about six weeks. And it's literally all I thought about. And my main thought that entire time was how have I been spending the last two years of my life working for, working for a lighting manufacturer, selling Italian lights and traveling around the country it was fun at times and it was cool but it was mentally i was miserable and i wasn't contributing at all and i think that's what that's what really that how did, time how did, period like really that's what really just how did you change it though how what did i change it yeah, what, what happened that made you, was there something that happened that changed your mindset or did you make a decision to do it? What happened? It was a choice. It was a choice in that moment that I had to start acting from a different place because I wasn't happy and I created the life that I had created and I didn't know this verbiage at the time, but I had made a choice in that moment to operate from a different place and get different results in my own life because I wasn't happy with the way things were now. I, I just wanted to say, Tim, a really interesting point that you made there, that you created the life that you were living. And that's a really important place to be able to see it, rather because there's so much happening around you, so many circumstances and, and external things happening in your life that you could have easily just blamed them. But you've realized that you've created this and you can then uncreate it. By, make, by making that decision. And like I said, I, I wasn't putting it in that verbiage at the time. That is, that's the way I've learned to kind of voice what was going on in my own head, but you're exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of saying to yourself, all of that stuff that's happening around you, all of the things that are happening are just things. And your only choice right now is how you respond and what you do. And if your go-to move is to clam up and hide in your room, and avoid it, then that's what you do. If your go-to move is to face it and go through it, I think everything you ever wanted is on the other side of facing that pain. Yeah, one thing that Nathan mentioned was, um, or he asked you was, what, what was that turning point? And I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier where you were sort of looking at that death thing. What was the thinking that was going on there? Was that Was that a real turning point that helped you sort of move forward and pull you out of it or...? Well, I think the main 
the main thing was I, you know, two in the span of two weeks, I went from wanting to die, like un so unhappy with my life and who I had become and what I was doing. And I was ready to kill myself to being scared to die. You were looking at that as a possible option. It could have happened, not a problem, but you didn't, but you didn't want to. I didn't want to after I was scared that I was actually going to die. It was like I had the health scare yeah. to wake myself up and realize that I didn't want to die. That's stupid. I don't want to die. You, I want to live a better life. I want to be a better person. And the only person that can make me a better person is me. And that was the choice that I made in that moment was I'm unhappy being this person and I've been being this person for a while. Like, it's time for me to be another person, a different person. I'm going to have to make a choice to be another person. Could so you what did you do? Making changes. I started with my diet. I started with four physical things. I started with sleep, exercise, diet, and water intake. There are four physical things that have statistical data behind them. You can't run from what you're eating. You can't run from how much sleep you're getting. You can't run from your exercise, and you can't run from how much water you're drinking. It's just like, it's obvious. And it's, you can look at that and you can analyze the way you feel all you want. But if you're not doing those four things and on top of those four physical things, it's obvious. Your energy level will be non-existent mm. and you'll be another zombie walking around. When you were looking at, I don't want to be this person, but I want to be someone different. I want to be a different Tim. I want a, a better version, whatever it is. Yeah. When when you were in that space, could you actually see what that person was and or is and who you wanted to be? Because so many people who want to get out of this place have got no way of seeing that person, so they just stay where they are. How, did you actually see what you wanted to be that you could then step towards it? You know, I saw conceptually the ideas and the principles that I wanted to live by, and I headed in that direction. Now I'm starting to use visualization the way you're talking about a little more clearly mm -hmm. by getting a full-on picture in like meditation of what I'm headed towards. And it's a really, really powerful tool. And, and I think I always use that visualization to some extent without like really consciously using it. It's like when I was a kid, I pictured playing professional baseball, I picture signing autographs for people. And you, you know, I have that. notebooks mm. from when I was a kid of like autographs just because I knew I was going to sign autographs someday. So I had to practice it over and over and over. And while other kids were like paying attention in school, I was practicing my autograph. <laughs> and then there came a time in my life when I was just signing autographs. Yeah. And I was like, I, I did picture this. And it's like, well, what else in my life did I visualize? And now it's happening. I guess I visualized moving to Los Angeles and that happened. So you start to think about the things that are in your life now and how you've created them as they are. And if you, I think this is the piece, this is a piece that's interesting because there's a, there's a lot of conversation in like the personal development and the growth world about manifesting, right? Like using your brain to consciously think yourself into the reality that you want to have. Yeah. I, I think, and that's, and it's, it's brilliant. And I think it's, it works. I think the biggest piece that people need to realize is that they're already doing that and take a look at your life right now and take a look back and see how you've manifested this as it is. And then you will prove to yourself that that works. And then you'll know in your head that you can use that moving forward. 
That's such a really valuable point, what you just said, that people are already doing it. And and the, the thing is, though, and, and I think you are, have just stated this, they're unconscious of the fact that they're doing it. They don't realize that they're doing it, which is what's contributing to their results. If they yeah. become conscious of it, as you're speaking of, and go, oh, wait a second, I can change this. Yeah, I think there's this idea that, oh, if I could only figure out how to manifest, like I could do that. Well, you're already doing it. Yep. You are already doing it. Everybody's already doing it. If you decide that the world is a terrible place, you walk around gathering evidence of that fact. And there's plenty of evidence. If you walk around believing that the world is just a marvelous, unbelievable, amazing place, you'll gather evidence for that too. And there's plenty of evidence to support that. You end up just choosing whatever you want to believe in. You choose your own reality. Because you'll gather evidence either way subconsciously. Mm. So you can almost go back, and you, and this is we're talking about beliefs now, as in like the programming to the most powerful computer in the world, right? You're, the human brain is the most powerful computer in the world. We've all programmed this thing over the first 18 years of our lives. And now we're going back and looking at these programs from like a conscious standpoint and lifting the veil, like you said, Nathan, that's, that's spot on. That awareness, that consciousness is... It's the key. You lift the veil and you realize how you've inserted a belief and how it's manifested itself in your life today and how it's created a behavior that you don't necessarily want. You can shift that belief at a conscious level, insert a new one, and your whole life will change. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, one of, one of the things that, uh, that Hamish does is uh, a process of belief change. And it's... Just to mention it quickly, it's it's actually incredibly simple once you learn it. But when you learn it, you can change your beliefs very quickly. Mm. And it's astonishing how much our beliefs actually rule us. And it's if amazing. we're not paying attention, as you say, then we're going to get the results that we don't necessarily want. Mm. Yeah, but and the, and the verbiage that you can use right there is you're getting yes. the exact results you want right now based on the beliefs that you have. Yep. Yeah. And you want them on some level, you know, for the most part, it's like people get to be right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest thing you have to give up when you shift your beliefs is you have to admit you were wrong when you installed the belief. And if you've had a belief for like 35 years or however long you've had it, it's hard to admit you were wrong. But it, I mean, the fact is, if you decided or something when you were very, very young because you had one emotional bad experience... Chances are, are you right about that as a concept? Uh, you know, probably not. And it's understanding too that so many of the beliefs that we grow up with are, are created from our environment with our parents, our peers, our relatives at such a young age that we don't know, you know, it's just happening in that space. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the first time you experience something, that's when you have that emotional connection to whatever that experience is and that's when you, that's how you frame it for the rest of your life based on the first one. And when we get to a point, like you just said, you know, is what's this belief? Is it wrong? Is it right? You know, I tend to look at them, well, is this belief serving me with, you know, the way yes. I want to live my life and who I want to be? If it's not, what is the belief that is then going to do that? Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah that's huge. That's way more. There is no right and wrong or should yeah. or shouldn't. There, there really isn't. There's serving me now. At some point, it was serving you when you do, when you decided it, you know. And they all every belief that we have 
has positive intention behind it whenever we had decided it and installed it, right? If we work under that premise, we're just asking questions about why to figure out why from a place of curiosity, which has zero judgment in it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So you can do this process of like self-awareness and learning without feeling any stress. Yep. Because it's just curiosity. You're just learning about yourself. It's your favorite topic in the world. You love talking about yourself. Ask yourself some questions and learn about yourself. You know, we can we can so easily, and so so many people do sit and look at what's happened in their life, what's what's the journey been, what have all the problems, and get stuck in that space rather than, okay, here I am right now. It doesn't matter what's happened. It's brought me to this place in my life right now for a reason, and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Where do I now want to be? Are the beliefs that I've got going to take me there, or do I need to change them? Who is the person I want to become? What's the life I want to live? How do I now get there? Right, right. You're absolutely right. And I was talking to a friend just this morning in a coffee shop about that very same point. You, We are wherever we are, right? We're that point in time where there was a million different ways that we could have gotten to right here, and there's a million different directions we can go from here. Mm. If we can get out of the limitations that we've put on ourselves. Mm. Yep. You know, we're too old, we're tired, whatever the excuses are, get if you clear all that out of the way, the possibilities are endless. Mm. And I, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, the poss- it's it's astounding how much possibility there is when you start to open up your mind and think about it. You can do anything you want to do. It's crazy. One little saying I like is um, if you if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. And what's great about it is you get to be right. So, so right now, like, okay, so, so you realize this, you've made some major changes in your life, and I would think your, your results have changed quite a bit as, as well. So on a daily basis, what do you do that contributes to your ongoing success? Okay, yeah, that's, and this is the question that I've been asking people lately, is I, I usually stick with one question and kind of ask it around as I'm running into people and meeting them around town. And uh, the question I've been asking right now is, what is the first thing you do in the morning consciously? And that makes people think a little bit because of like, well, I have to define what that means. And then, you know, inevitably they say something like, take a shower, brush my teeth. And I always say, nah, that stuff's on autopilot. You're just doing that. You're thinking about other stuff while you're doing that. What's the first thing you think about and do? Because that's like, that's the first step in your day, right? That's like, that's the intention of your day is based on the first thing. So one of the things I learned in some of the education that I've gotten since I started down this path of personal development and growth is, yeah, and it's just, uh, it's built in total logic, is you, when in your life, like during the daytime, would you go seven hours or eight hours, nine hours without drinking water? Because you need, you know, water is a source of life. We need it for all kinds of processes that we're doing in our body. And the answer is you wouldn't do that. You definitely wouldn't do that. You especially wouldn't do it in Colorado where I'll get altitude because you'll be dehydrated in a second. So when you wake up from a night's sleep and your body's been working all night, clearing toxins, doing recovery processes, you're using fluid while you sleep. You wake up, you pee, you're dehydrated. But the first thing a lot of people do is grab coffee, which dehydrates you even further. So the first thing that I've been doing consciously is drink a liter of water before I do anything else. It's the first thing that I think about doing and, and make my, and I, I essentially have to make myself do it. I make myself chug a liter of water before I do anything. That makes a lot of sense. I've, I've actually 
been doing something similar myself because I'm in a hot climate. And if I don't have enough water in me, like I start feeling really awful. And when I feel yes. awful like that, I know I'm dehydrated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I can, t and it's the, I think the more you're on top of the situation, like your hydration, the more you can tell when it's off and you can tell what a big deal it is mm. to be off. Yeah. It's, it's a huge yeah. deal. And the, what, what you're drawing attention to is the way that we live unconsciously all the time. We don't pay attention. And when we don't pay attention, it's like, oh, part of the reason you're getting the results that you're getting is because you're not paying attention. Right. Yeah. We're just, it's, I think it's estimated like 95% of our lives is run off of our subconscious. I was listening to NPR the other day and I think the stat was somewhere around there. Yep. It's just like 95% of lives. What if you decided to pay attention to all of that, everything you did? Mm. Because what if it all made a difference? What if it all mattered? What if every little thought that went through your head the language that the, that the thought even had affected your reality. Like you, you'd start really paying attention to stuff and not just like how much water are you drinking? That's like such a simple, basic thing. That's a big thing, but it's so tiny compared to like your thoughts creating your reality. That's, that's just, yeah, there's, there's something we could do a very deep dive in if we, yeah, had more right. time. Certainly, right. certainly not in this call. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> no, we we don't hear. We don't hear now. Although it is something that we could talk about in the, in the different in, in the different call. But you know, okay. So this is something you've been doing on a regular basis, just looking at that one thing in the morning. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to get more information about you what you're what you're doing and how you could help them where would they find you yeah that's a great question so <laughs> i'm very very new to coaching in this spectrum so i've been coaching for a long time between baseball and sales coaching but at this point i'm relatively new so the best way to reach me is to just find me on facebook i mean look me up i'm around you can find me pretty much any like the way you would track down anybody else that you were trying to find on the internet <laughs> facebook's probably the best way right now i have a couple of different websites i have a couple of different designers working on a couple of different websites so you know all of that is still kind of up in the air i would suggest finding me directly or going now nah, i'm not even going to give a website at this point because we'll, we'll put uh, your I'm, facebook link up for people that's um yeah, yeah that would be fantastic that's, and, and no, honestly like what what Go ahead. I was just going to say you're saying that you're, you know, you're, you're experiencing coaching in this space. It's it, that doesn't matter. I mean, if people want to contact you, just to sort of, you know, what was your thinking in whatever way, and can you help someone with just a change of thought or where they're at? It's because um, I mean, this gotcha. is one thing that you've written here that I'm, I've been looking at is that you you said I suffered a total loss of identity in February 2014, and I'm still recovering, and that. I'm still recovering is such an important thing because people, some a lot of people I work with sometimes say to me, okay, so once we're finished the, the, the work that we do, bang, is the next day going to be everything's okay and it's all right? No, it's always going to be this journey of, of moving forward and, and changing those beliefs and thinking who you want to be and how do you do that? And that whole thing of I'm still recovering, it's just a lifelong thing. We all go through it. We all yeah. have to... You know, create, keep moving forward and creating the changes from where we don't want to be to who we want to be and what, how, what we want to be doing. 
that I'm still recovering is just just the journey. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail right on the head. It's like you, it's once you get into it, and you realize how good the positive growth and like learning and adding value just to yourself feels, and you see the results in your own life. You just you just want to continue down that path, and it's just it just grows from there. Yes, agreed. So one of the things I would like to mention, actually, while I got you here is uh, I have a partner of mine who I've coupled with with my wellness company, and he's in Australia, mm-hmm. and he has created, yeah, right, Hamish, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you guys, uh, maybe you guys are neighbors. I'll go and have a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should. He's created a concept that visualizes a lot of personal development and growth. Yep. And the idea is based largely around the 95%, the subconscious mind that's, uh, you know, like we said, uh, tailoring a lot of our existence. And um, he's created this fantastic system called Life Mapping. And we've partnered, and um, my mission is to take this process, which I see as just a groundbreaking way for you to get an idea of where you stand in your own life Uh uh, to people in the United States. So that is a thing that I'll be coming out with, you know, in the near future. This is like the most exciting thing that I'm working on and I've just started talking about it. So it's like, uh, you know, I don't even know how to word it yet, but it is just okay. an amazing system of visualization that we've already touched on how powerful that visualization is as a tool. And this, this system helps a visual learner do that better than any kind of list or brainstorming kind of technique that I've tried so far. And I, uh, I can't say enough about it. Is there a website for it? Yes. If you go to lifemapping.me, that's my partner's website. His name's Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. And like I said, lives in Australia. But he's, a, he's an American guy who lives in Australia. He's, so he doesn't have an accent. He doesn't have, he's not as cool as you, <laughs> Hamish. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Is, is there anything else that you want to share? No, uh, again, I mean, before we get off, guys, thank you so much for um, allowing me a platform to talk about my story and my message and the things that I've learned and uh, allow me to just kind of chat. I just love chatting. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show. So for those of you who have been listening to us, my name is Nathan Siegel. I'm with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia. Our guest today has been Tim Pahuta. And we want to thank you for listening, and we will catch up with you in the next episode. You've been listening to The Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios, and books that will create change in your thoughts.